Chapter 19 of Louisa de la Valliere. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines. Louisa de la Valliere by Alexander Dumas. Chapter 19 wherein d'artagnan perceives that it was he who was mistaken and manicombe who was right the king determined to be satisfied that no one was listening went himself to the door and then returned precipitately and placed himself opposite manicombe and now we are alone monsieur de manicombe explain yourself with the greatest frankness sire replied the young man and in the first place pray understand added the king that there is nothing to which i personally attach a greater importance than the honor of any lady that is the very reason sire why i endeavored to study your delicacy of sentiment and feeling yes i understand it all now you say that it was one of the maids of honor of my sister-in-law who was the subject of dispute and that the person in question de guiche's adversary the man in point of fact whom you will not name but whom monsieur de saint aignan will name monsieur yes you say however that this man insulted someone belonging to the household of madame yes sire mademoiselle de la valliere ah said the king as if he had expected the name and yet as if its announcement had caused him a sudden pang ah it was mademoiselle de la valliere who was insulted i did not say precisely that she was insulted sire but at all events i merely say that she was spoken of in terms far from respectful a man dares to speak in disrespectful terms of mademoiselle de la valliere and yet you refuse to tell me the name of the insulter sire i thought it was quite understood that your majesty had abandoned the idea of making me denounce him perfectly true monsieur returned the king controlling his anger besides i shall know in good time the name of this man whom i shall feel it is my duty to punish manicombe perceived that they had returned to the question again as for the king he saw he had allowed himself to be hurried away a little too far and therefore continued and i will punish him not because there is any question of mademoiselle de la valliere although i esteem her very highly but because a lady was the object of the quarrel and i intend that ladies shall be respected at my court and that quarrel shall be put a stop to altogether manicombe bowed and now monsieur de manicombe continued the king what was said about mademoiselle de la valliere cannot your majesty guess i your majesty can imagine the character of the jest in which young men permit themselves to indulge they very probably said that she was in love with someone the king ventured to remark probably so but mademoiselle de la valliere has a perfect right to love anyone she pleases said the king that is the very point de guiche maintained and on account of which he fought do you mean yes sire the sole and only cause the king colored and you do not know anything more then in what respect sire in the very interesting respect which you are now referring to what does your majesty wish to know why the name of the man with whom la valliere is in love and whom de guiche's adversary disputed her right to love sire i know nothing i have heard nothing and have learnt nothing even accidentally 
but de guiche is a noble-hearted fellow and if momentarily he substituted himself in the place or stead of la valliere's protector it was because that protector was himself of too exalted a position to undertake her defense these words were more than transparent they made the king blush but this time with pleasure he struck manicamp gently on the shoulder well well monsieur de manicamp you are not only a ready witty fellow but a brave gentleman besides and your friend de guiche is a paladin quite after my own heart you will express that to him from me your majesty forgives me then completely and i am free the king smiled and held out his hand to manicamp which he took and kissed respectfully and then added the king you relate stories so charmingly i sire you told me in the most admirable manner the particulars of the accident which happened to de guiche i can see the wild boar rushing out of the wood i can see the horse fall down fighting with his head and the boar rush from the horse to the rider you do not simply relate a story well you positively paint its incidents sire i think your majesty condescends to laugh at my expense said manicamp on the contrary said louis seriously i have so little intention of laughing monsieur de manicamp that i wish you to relate this adventure to every one the adventure of the hunt yes in the manner you told it to me without changing a single word you understand perfectly sire and you will relate it then without losing a minute very well and now summon monsieur d'artagnan i hope you are no longer afraid of him oh sire from the very moment i am sure of your majesty's kind disposition i no longer fear anything call him then said the king manicamp opened the door and said gentlemen the king wishes you to return d'artagnan saint aignan and valou entered gentlemen said the king i summon you for the purposes of saying that monsieur manicamp's explanation has entirely satisfied me d'artagnan glanced at valou and saint aignan as much to say well did i not tell you so the king led manicamp to the door and then in a low tone of voice said see that monsieur de guiche takes good care of himself and particularly that he recovers as soon as possible i am very desirous of thanking him in the name of every lady but let him take special care that he does not begin again were he to die a hundred times sire he would begin again if your majesty's honor were in any way called in question this remark was direct enough but we have already said that the incense of flattery was very pleasing to the king and provided he received it he was not very particular as to its quality very well very well he said as he dismissed manicamp i will see de guiche myself and make him listen to reason and as manicamp left the apartment the king turned round towards the three spectators of this scene and said tell me monsieur d'artagnan how does it happen that your sight is so imperfect you whose eyes are generally so very good my sight bad sire certainly it must be the case since your majesty says so but in what respect may i ask why with regard to what occurred in the borochine ah ah certainly you pretended to have seen the tracks of two horses to have detected the footprints of two men and have described the particulars of an engagement which you assert took place 
Nothing of the sort occurred, pure illusion on your part. Ah, ah, said D'Artagnan. Exactly the same with the galloping to and fro of the horses, and the other indications of a struggle. It was the struggle of de Guiche against the wild boar, and absolutely nothing else. Only the struggle was a long and a terrible one, it seems. Ah, ah, continued D'Artagnan. And when I think that I almost believed it for a moment. But then you told it with such confidence. I admit, sire, that I must have been very short-sighted, said D'Artagnan, with a readiness of humor which delighted the king. You do admit it, then? Admit it, sire, most assuredly I do. So now that you see the thing, in quite a different light from that in which I saw it half an hour ago, and to what, then, do you attribute this difference in your opinion? Oh, a very simple thing, sire. Half an hour ago I returned from Beaurochine, where I had nothing to light me but a stupid stable-lantern. While now? While now I have all the wax-lights of your cabinet, and, more than that, your majesty's own eyes, which illuminate everything, like the blazing sun at noonday. The king began to laugh and saint Agno broke out into convulsions of merriment. It is precisely like Monsieur Valot, said D'Artagnan, resuming the conversation where the king had left off. He has been imagining all along that not only was Monsieur de Guiche wounded by a bullet, but still more, that he extracted it, even, from his chest. Upon my word, said Valot, I assure you. Now, did you not believe that? continued D'Artagnan. Yes, said Ballou, not only did I believe it, but at this very moment I would swear it. Well, my dear doctor, you have dreamt it. I have dreamt it? Monsieur de Guiche's wound, a mere dream. The bullet, a dream. So take my advice and prate no more about it. Well said, returned the king. Monsieur d'Artagnan's advice is sound. Do not speak of your dream to anyone, Monsieur Ballou and upon the word of a gentleman you will have no occasion to repent it good evening gentlemen a very sad affair indeed is a wild boar hunt a very serious thing indeed repeated d'artagnan in a loud voice is a wild boar hunt and he repeated it in every room through which he passed and left the chateau taking Ballou with him and now we are alone said the king to saint agno what is the name of de guiche's adversary St. Agno looked at the king. Oh, do not hesitate, said the king. You know that I am bound beforehand to forgive. De Wade, said St. Agno. Very good, said Louis the Fourteenth, And then, retiring to his own room, added to himself, To forgive is not to forget. End of chapter 19 Recording by Dion Gimes, Salt Lake City, Utah